0: at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: One is not saved by good works. But don't be misled. That does not mean that good works are unimportant. Good works are very important. But hear this. The means of salvation is not what you and I do it is what Yeshua has done for us on that cross the fact that he laid down his life and the evidence that God received his work is the fact that God the Father raised him from the dead so we are saved by faith through the grace of God because of the sufficiency of the cross but having been saved good works show They give evidence of our salvation experience. And this is one of the things that we're going to be taught by Yeshua in the parable that he's going to teach us in this lesson. So take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Luke and chapter 8. The book of Luke and chapter 8. Look with me please to verse 1 where it says, And it came about in shortness. Now, we may understand this expression in Greek simply afterwards, but there's an emphasis emphasis that it came about immediately thereafter with a short span of time. So look again at verse 1. And it came about in shortness, and he is traveling to each city and village. So after setting forth, From the house of Shimon, this Pharisee, Yeshua began to travel throughout this area, visiting every city and village. And what was he doing? He was proclaiming and evangelizing. Now, what was he proclaiming? He had good news. That's what evangelism is all about. It is about sharing good news, but hear this carefully. Good news specifically about the kingdom of God. So those who were being evangelized believed in the promises of God, that there was indeed a kingdom, that this world was not where it all was, but there was a world to come called the kingdom of God. So he was proclaiming, that is, he was teaching or preaching about the kingdom of God, And he was evangelizing, meaning this. He was sharing the way into the kingdom of God. And notice it says at the end of verse 1, and the 12, meaning the 12 disciples, the 12 were with him. Now, this is evidence that that number 12 is a kingdom number. So whenever there's a number 12, whether that's 12 or 12 plus 12, 24, or 144, 12 times 12, or 12,000 times 12,000, 144,000. Whenever that number appears, 12 in any type of multiple thereafter, it relates to the kingdom of God, that character of the kingdom, and also the people of the kingdom. So the disciples were there. Hearing him teach and evangelize in every city, and every village about the kingdom of God, verse verse 2. And certain women, the ones who had been healed. Now notice, Messiah is teaching and he's healing. And this restoration teaches a lot about the kingdom experience. That in the kingdom, everyone's going to be restored. Everyone's going to be put in the proper condition. So he was was with these women who had been healed from, notice, evil spirits and sicknesses or diseases. And we're going to have a list of a few of them. There was Mary, who is called Magdalene. And also, we see here that concerning Mary Magdalene, that, that she had seven demons that went out from her, verse 3. Not only Mary Magdalene, but also Joanna, the wife of Husa. And Husa apparently was some type of servant or steward or tutor in the household of who? Of Herod. And also a woman, your Bible may say uh, Susanna, but it's the Hebrew word Shoshana. So, also Shoshana and many others. And what was unique about these women? Well, they had received ministry from Him, being healed, being restored, a good thing happening to them through His anointing what he was sent into this world to do and it says these were the ones ministering and if you're following the texas receptus it will say ministering to him meaning providing they were were giving and assisting what he was doing through their means now if you have a new testament that is not based from the texas receptus but nestle allen it will say that they were ministering to them, meaning Yeshua and the disciples. But here the focus is on Yeshua. Verse 4. And standing with is what it literally says. It means coming together, being gathered together, a great crowd, also those that were from the city, that he was going through they were being gathered to him so there was a great crowd with those from the cities and the places that he was going through they were gathered unto him they wanted to hear what he was saying and experience what he was doing and notice what it says he spoke through a parable now a parable is usually a short story And in this parable, we learn something. See, the word parable in, in Hebrew is the same word for a proverb. And this is the word mashal. Why is that important? Because this word mashal comes from the same Hebrew root, which means government. So the message of the parable should govern, should rule over your life. And this is what he was doing teaching truth through these parables truth that should lead us and rule over us so that we do the right things and we reflect what God has called us to be and what his son has saved us to become and that is one who serves God and hear this produces much fruit now fruit is oftentimes associated with good deeds, good works. Again, as I said at the beginning, we're not saved by these good works, but having been saved, we are called to do them. Not for something, but to express that we belong to the kingdom of God. Look now to verse 5. Here's the parable that he was saying the sower went out to sow his seed. Now, this is all very logical, but he's using something that would have been well known in this time, that there was a sower, he would go forth, and what would a sower do? He would sow what? His seed. He would cast it onto the soil. But notice what it says in this scripture. Look at the middle of verse 2 verse 5 where it says and in his sowing some fell upon the road or the way now this would be a pathway where people would travel and what would happen to that well it was trampled upon now this wouldn't be good for this seed that was sown but he is going forth and he is sowing and here's the emphasis of this parable he is sowing everywhere in the places that one would expect and even in the places that one normally would not sow and why is he doing this well most scholars understand he wants a big harvest and he wants all the land to be part of it so this sower is very inclusive he's sowing his seed in all places And it says, concerning these that fell upon the way or the road, they were trampled upon, and what else happened? The birds in the heaven devoured it, devoured this seed. Verse 6, and others fell upon the rock. Now, this would be upon a rocky soil. And because of that, there wasn't much depth of soil, therefore, the seed would spring up. But what would happen? Because of of its condition, it would wither on account that there was not having uh, moisture. There was no uh, water there. Therefore, it was dried out and died. Verse 7. And others fell in the midst of the thorns. And what happened? Well, we have a verb which means to spring up, meaning grow It would grow together this this seed would grow together with the thorns and what would happen well in this condition that soil and that because it was thorns there it would be choked out that seed would be choked out verse 8 and others and here's what's being emphasized finally this this final place it was the good land, it says, and some fell upon the good land. And what is that word good related to? The will of God. So there was some seed, and it fell among those who were committed to, interested in, and wanting to do the will of God. And this seed made that a possibility because it says it sprung up, and what happened and made fruit a hundredfold now this is amazing this shows that if you are good soil there's going to be a mighty response a great outcome and again this this outcome is evidence that one is saved when when you are committed to the will of god and you receive that seed, that seed of life that relates to the kingdom of God and being evangelized, hearing that good news, you are going to respond and there's going to be a noticeable outcome. And it's going to produce a hundredfold. Look at the end of verse 8. These things he is saying. And he calls in the midst of this, he calls and says this. The one having an ear to hear, let him hear. Now, this is something that he speaks to the believers. We see this phrase also frequently in the book of Revelation to the seven churches. And each of them, he said, to those who have an ear to hear, let him hear. We're supposed to see hear and that word here. means just don't listen but hear and respond what you hear put into action that's what he's saying look now at verse 9 but his disciples asked him saying what is the meaning of this parable so they heard it but they did not understand the intent now this says something about The disciples. And that is if we're not kingdom minded, if we're not kingdom committed, that it's going to, to hinder our ability to discern the revelation of God. And one of the things we see about those 12 disciples is they struggle with capturing the same perspective of Messiah. Messiah is going up to Jerusalem, they don't want that messiah is going to lay down his life they don't agree with that they did not see things from his perspective and when we don't see things from his perspective it makes it hard to grasp comprehend his revelation but look at verse 10 but he said speaking to these disciples he said to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of god to who his disciples we're supposed to understand the truth and the character of the kingdom of god and what it means to serve the kingdom of god but to the remaining ones he doesn't give knowledge he gives parables that's what he says and why well look at the end of verse 10 where he says in order that these see but they do not see. So in seeing, they do not see. And in hearing, they do not understand. So they see, but they don't perceive correctly. Or they hear, but they don't hear with understanding. Why? Because they're not the good soil. The good soil is committed to, interested in the will of God. So let's just pause for a moment and ask ourselves a question. And that is, am I committed to God's will? Now, most people, they are not. If they have an interest in God, it is to try to manipulate God. And so many false teachers today, they, they are popular because they, they teach incorrectly that God's interested in your desires and that what you think is your destiny this is the will of God and what your dreams are well you receive those dreams from God that's not biblically true what we need to do is take our desires our dreams what we think our destiny is why we think we're on this world and we need to nail that to the cross we will only know the purpose of our life through the revelation And until I affirm my ways are not the right ways but his ways are and until I'm committed to the will of God I'm never going to be in the right spiritual condition to perceive truth to understand his kingdom purposes and as they relate to my life so when we're not uh, committed to him we can see but we won't perceive we can hear but we won't understand verse 11 now he's going to reveal the truth of this parable but it is this parable meaning here is the intent of this parable second part of verse 11 the sower is or the seed is the word of god and the ones that fell upon the road are the ones that are hearing then the devil comes and here we have that word devil for the diabolical one that deceiver that trickster the devil comes and lifts up the word from their hearts meaning they stop thinking according to the word now these are the ones who although they profess to believe understand something we see why the enemy was able to lift up those those seeds why because they never entered into the soil they fell only upon the way they never were implanted this is an important aspect of understanding this parable so those that that were the seed that fell upon the way what happens they hear hear but the devil comes and lifts up the word from their heart in order that they do not believe that's what's key they never believe. they may have professed it they may say oh i've received the gospel well they did not believe and they were never saved that's what the scripture says not believing to be saved they were not saved verse 13 but upon the rocky this is the rocky soul. these are the ones that whenever they hear they receive with joy the word well that's wonderful but here's the problem but having no root these don't have any root and therefore what happens these are the ones for a time that believe they confess they believe but notice what happens for a season they believe that's what that we are, are told but in times of trouble what happens well they depart what does that mean when they find out that in times of trouble that there's going to be opposition that receiving the truth means that you're going to be persecuted they don't want anything to do with that so once they start suffering for their faith they they move away from it they were too never believers verse verse 14 but the ones upon uh, the thorns fell. These are the ones hearing, but because of what? Because of the cares and the desire for riches. It simply says the riches and the pleasures of life. What happens? Well, very simply, they go forward seeking the pleasures of life. And the cares of life are what they are consumed by and they are choked away they don't produce any fruit they never what look at the end of verse 14 they never mature that's their problem they never give evidence they never mature now if you uh have something and it's supposed to do this and it never does that ever does it is it really a a acceptable whatever it might be uh, vestal vessel what, if it never worked it never really was that it is that working that gives evidence of what it is so a tree if it doesn't produce fruit it's really not a tree it may provide shade but it is not a tree in the sense of a fruit producer and that's what it means here when it says they never matured look at our last verse verse 15. But upon the good land. Again, remember that word good always has to do with the will of God, the purposes of God. The seed, when it falls to those who are committed to the will of God, the purposes of God, well, things are going to be very different. Notice with these others, there is never any fruit produced. There was never any manifestation that gave evidence that they were saved. Persecution came, they departed. The cares of this life caused them to turn away. They were never legitimate believers. And we see here, look at our last verse, verse 15. But in the good land, this is where the seed fell. It says, These are the ones with a good heart and a good heart. Now, the word good, there's two different words in the Greek language for good. They both relate to the same thing. They are both used in connection to the will of God. So why? And I realize most English Bibles will translate them differently. They are different words but they have the same implication they are synonyms and what the scripture is saying is this 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 duplication of synonyms for the word good shows in an abundant way whenever there's repetition it's for the purpose of emphasis and these individuals are fully committed to the will of God now I asked you this earlier I would ask again Are you truly committed to the will of God are you submissive to the purposes of God now how can you answer that well the true answer is going to be found in whether you agree with God what in regard to what his standards if you are someone that says well I know it says in the Bible this but that's that's fine but I'm going to talk about this same issue But I'm going to ignore this oh we we can talk about it later but but there's no sense doing it right now why because you know that you're in disagreement with the Word of God and just because someone says I'm a believer I'm a follower of Messiah and I don't believe these things well what does God say if God's word reveals that this is his thoughts A true believer must agree and if we're interested in God's will we will agree with him so these individuals that say oh I'm a believer but but abortions okay or I'm a believer and same-sex marriage is okay or I'm a believer and you could go through all this this left-wing propaganda which is another way of simply saying satanic propaganda And if you agree with that, if you're being brought into that, you are not a believer. Being born again, when you hear these things, your new nature is going to say, this is falsehood. This is a lie. And you will not be be one who agrees with it or participates in anything connected to it. We're called to be, what does the scripture say? We're called to be a peculiar people. What does God say to us? Come out of Babylon, meaning come out of this oppressive empire. What empire? Ultimately, that's the Antichrist empire. And produce fruit worthy of the kingdom of God. So notice what it says, verse 15. But in the good land, these are the ones who in a good and good heart These are the ones hearing the word of God, and what do they do? They keep. This is the true believer. They hear God's revelation, his word, his seed, and what do they want to do? Keep it, guard it, obey it, do it, in other words. And in doing so, what does the scripture say? And they are producing very important grammatical construction. It means that from the moment they believed in the past. They started producing fruit. And they're producing fruit now, and they will continue to produce fruit in the future. The perfect tense is used to show a consistency and a commitment to producing the fruit of the kingdom of God. And they do so how? Well, very important word. They do so in endurance or in perseverance. Same word, how you translate it? We know what it means it means overcoming continuing on doesn't matter what you're going through or experiencing doesn't matter what the opposition is doesn't matter what they're being what they're calling you you remain faithful to the purposes and the will of god that is someone who has truly received the good seed they're the good land and there's evidence to document this So, do you love Messiah? That is the question.
0: Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form.